Hawaii kickoff at 4.30 on Saturday afternoon. Jackson, rumors is that uh, the Hawaii coach, he wants to take a boat to the stadium? What's he want to do? Get out there (laughs) in the canoes and the paddle boats and paddle over from the east side? Is that what's going on there? Man, Nick Rolovich, he's one of the the biggest characters in college football, and he really wanted to get on a a boat and get all the guys, like pirate style, to swarm in there (laughs) across the lake into the stadium. And I guess logistically they couldn't pull it off. And one thing that was pretty cool that would have been awesome, they wanted to put a bunch of – youth football guy like uh, little leaguers on the bus where the cameras would be set up and see a bunch of little, uh, kids in uniform get off the bus while the the pirate rainbow warriors <laughs> storm the the stadium by a ship on the other side and i mean if they could have pulled it off rolovich would have done it for sure but it looks like they, they weren't able to do it how much is i mean it just makes covering the team and doing stuff more enjoyable when you got a coach who has a little bit of a sense of humor can let his guard down i mean we've had both we've had the stuff shirts that just make life miserable but having a fun guy makes things fun even you know if you're not winning but uh yeah that's fun having a guy like that yeah i mean the that uh, Mountain West Media Days every year in Vegas. He brings some sort of celebrity impersonator to follow him around, <laughs> and I mean he's always doing weird stuff. And uh, the Oregon State game last weekend was a, a good one because there's been some controversy between those two programs. So we'll see if he's got anything to drum up for this game against Washington, where there's not as much uh, history for him personally. Not an easy place to win in Hawaii, but uh, what's he bring different to the program than the previous guys? Oh, man. You know, June Jones had it really rocking and rolling, and uh, they were able to keep it going a little bit beyond him. But things took a big downturn when Norm Chow was there. Uh, now Rolovich steps in, and the biggest thing he's done is instill pride in the program from a local sense. Uh, I mean, they lost a lot of the crowds that used to go out there. Uh, they were really having a tough time recruiting locally. And the previous coaching staff, I, I think a lot of times, would kind of give up. Uh, on local recruits and really try to grind their way into recruiting classes year after year. And Rolovich has been a guy that has been very welcoming to all the, the local recruits. They've been out going to the high schools personally, trying to rebuild those relationships and also welcoming a lot of guys back. Uh, I mean, they've brought in two local guys from the Pac-12 just in the last couple of months. And that's something that you can expect to see more and more. They've got I believe six commits in this class and five of them are local guys. So it's been a total 180 in terms of local recruiting. And that's also, I think, reflecting on the field. But probably more importantly than anything is his run and shoot offense that he brought back, which has really jump-started that rebuilding process. Just one more question um, before we get into the the game. But, uh, you know, Hawaii used to be a a place where some schools were recruiting. Now everybody's going there and it seems like, you know, they're snagging all the top talent uh, out of Hawaii. Washington, you know, is that's a big place for Washington to recruit. What's the attitude like in Hawaii when the top guys just are constantly leaving? Yeah, you know, it's a frustrating point and it's kind of a given at this point as well. I think just the frustrating thing for it is – when you see top guys go and they don't produce or don't turn into what they anticipated and you think, man, they could have stayed home and been hometown heroes and and really performed. Um, And it's been kind of a mixed bag right now. Uh, Some of the guys in the islands are just so good. You can't blame them really for going to Washington or or USC or wherever they decide to go. Um, But probably I, I see something very similar with Fresno state and the central Valley covering them as well. 
it's when Oregon State, you know, the, right. the school that if it weren't for that Pac-12 label on their, their uniforms, they probably wouldn't choose that school over Hawaii. And uh, that's probably the one that gets under the, the fan skin the most. There's some guys from Hawaii on the Washington team. You give me one or two guys that you I mean, I'm really interested and really excited to see this guy line up, you know, for Washington for, that are from Hawaii. You know, I'm curious because I know I think Washington's like got seven, and I think six of them are freshmen, redshirt freshmen. Right. So um, I'm not personally aware too much about how involved they are, um, but I know within the next couple of years, those guys are either going to step into to big roles, or if they haven't moved up the depth chart, perhaps Hawaii looks to bring one or two of them back home. <laughs> all right, we'll be we'll be on the lookout for the transfer portal, but uh, I think all of them are actually doing pretty well. But um, uh, Rainbow Warriors, four thirty kickoff on Saturday. You know, take that fans' eye view, sitting at the fifty yard line. Uh, Hawaii offense on the field. What are the fans going to see out of that offense? Yeah, it's uh, the, the run and shoot was really what got Hawaii going. The, good decade or two ago and they got back to something very similar with it uh they were calling it run and shoot 2.0 when they they restarted it last season and you know it's very pass heavy but coach rolovich he comes from more of a, a pistol offense kind of background as a coach so there's some more running elements to it there's some read option to it it's a little more versatile i would say but the i mean that's again pass heavy you've got four receivers out there most of the time they are adjusting their routes a lot based on what they're seeing. And it's just, uh, I mean, it's exciting <laughs> unless you're watching it go up against your team. And uh, it's interesting to say the least. Give me two or three guys to keep an eye on. Oh, definitely a quarterback, uh, Cole McDonald. He's the guy that's been making this whole thing move. Uh, got a huge arm. He's very fast. He's accurate. He's, I mean, it's an offense where you have to have a really good quarterback or it's just not going to work. And uh, he will definitely sling it around all game long. And they actually do have a, a secondary quarterback they will go to if needed, uh, Shevin Cordero. He is a redshirt freshman, but he has already led this program to three wins, utilizing that four-game redshirt rule last year to pick up two Ws. And he actually led the fourth quarter over uh, Arizona after McDonald had, what, 400 yards and four touchdowns, but also four picks. They made a switch, and Cordero led the win offensively against Arizona. So quarterback position, obviously. Uh, Cedric Bird, uh, wide receiver, he put up four touchdowns in week one. JoJo Ward put up four touchdowns in week two. Uh, Bird is a slot guy. Ward is an outside guy. They're going to be bringing in a lot of receivers. They'll go about six deep at least, but uh, those are the top two guys to watch for there. Eight uh, touchdowns by uh, McDonald, the quarterback, but five interceptions is uh, that's a little concerning with the amount of turnovers, especially with Washington going through their first two games, not creating any turnover and that being a big emphasis. Uh, tell me what the turnovers are a result of. Is it just because he's throwing the ball so much, making bad decision, tip balls? What are we seeing on that? Uh, there were a few tip balls in the Arizona game for week zero, uh, but there were some bad decisions as well. Uh, namely, I, he just tried to launch one downfield. It didn't really seem to have any purpose, and it got picked off on a, a deep ball attempt. And those are the things that upset Coach Rolovich. Uh, he said this one interception he threw against Oregon State was something he can live with, just kind of a, a good decision but bad execution where the ball didn't get where it needed to go. Um, and then it's kind of a mixed bag because last year, I mean, the guy 
I think it was five games in. He was something 21 touchdowns and two interceptions last year. So it's kind of odd that he went so long throwing only two picks to go into this season and week zero throwing four in one game. I think uh, Hawaii's hoping that's more of the the anomaly there with that game. But they definitely have him understanding that if he goes off the, the rails that they've got another guy that's just as reliable to step in there at quarterback. And they lost their big receiver, who's now playing for the Seahawks. Yeah, John Ursua, I mean, he put up huge numbers. And, uh, you know, talking about Cedric Bird, he put up big numbers. He was, I mean, almost 1,000 yards, uh, almost 10 touchdowns, I believe. And that's your second receiver on the team. Uh, so he's looking to eat up a lot of the numbers that Ursua left behind last year. And definitely capable, brings a lot of the same things in the slot. I mean, both of those guys are very talented, but their huge numbers are a production of this offensive scheme. With a pass-heavy offense like you're, we're going to see, how do they mix the run in? Yeah, they've got three running backs they're pretty comfortable with, and probably the most interesting is Dayton Peruta. He's a 5'10", 250-pound bowling ball there at running back. What, 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 what was the size on that again? Yeah, I believe he's 5'10", 250. <laughs> okay <laughs> and uh hawaii they generally churn out a running back like that every once in a while a local guy that's just a, a big bulky dude but he's fast and, and they didn't go to him a whole lot last game in fact they didn't use a running game a whole lot in general but they do like to run the ball when they can and when they can mix it up and He's one of three guys they'll happily go to. The other guys, Miles Reed and then Fred Hawley, are more of your traditional running backs. They will be very happy to take the draw. They'll take the read option. They will take a shovel pass when the passing game breaks down. And it's just sneaky enough to keep you on your toes as a, a pass defense on the other end. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Get out the popcorn when Washington's on offense because... Uh... It should be interesting. Hawaii's defense has struggled all year. Yeah, and uh, struggled all last year as well. And it was uh, very poor last season. They they started the the team started out very well. They're at least six and one, and then they hit a four game skid, and they gave up more than forty points. And all four of those losses uh, gave up some fifty pointers in that stretch as well. And the defense was obviously a clear concern. And this off season, previously. They went out and got some junior college guys to try to shore that up immediately. And they're giving up big numbers and a lot of points right now. But situationally, they've come up when needed. Uh, <clears throat> they got the game-winning stop against Arizona when uh, Khalil Tate was running towards the end zone. They stopped him right there at the one-yard line. They stopped him after a, what, 40-yard run? Yeah. There we <laughs> go. Was, uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, they also, you know, they started that game with three, three and outs um, against Oregon State. They held them scoreless in the second half, pretty much. I mean, where, when the game was really on the line. So part of it, I mean, it's not a great defense by any means, but part of it is that the offense is 
on and off the field so fast. When the Warriors score, they do it quickly. When they get rid of the ball, it's a can be a three and out on a couple passes. The, the defense is going to be on the field a lot and for a lot of possessions. Uh, against Arizona, the offense turned the ball over six times. That doesn't help either. So it's not a very forgiving offense for Hawaii's defense, but they are at least trying to get in position to where they can make stops when needed most. And for two games, they've done just enough to get the Ws. And, um, you know, I, they're going to have to step it up clearly against Washington to, as a team to get that kind of a win on the road. But I, I believe it or not, it's a stark improvement over what they were last season. If you're Washington's offensive coordinator, where are you attacking the Hawaii defense? Uh, you're probably attacking all over. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> um, <laughs> and it, I mean, this Hawaii defense is odd. Um, again, they've had spurts like the start of the season where they open up with three, three and outs. And then they also give up 60 points plus in, in two games. So, uh, I mean, there's vulnerabilities all over the place. Um, the passing defense, they actually bring back a, a lot of returners in the secondary but uh, they do have one junior college edition at cornerback. Cortez Davis has been one of the bright spots in coverage there. Um, they bring back a lot of uh, players on the defensive line as well. I mean, some of the guys that started last year are even second team guys right now. Um, so that's been, uh, they've got plenty of bodies and just hasn't been totally productive stopping the run. Um, they It's more of a 4-2-5, so they do mix in a couple guys at linebackers. They lost Jelani Tavai to the NFL uh, another potential starter knocked out of the year in fall camp. So uh, the linebacker position, uh, while they only use two guys a lot of the times, is uh, it's definitely taken a hit personnel-wise. Um, the trip from Hawaii to Seattle, it's equivalent from going to Seattle back to Florida. It's a long trip. Is that something that impacts the team, or are they pretty much used to it since all their away games they have to go to the mainland? I mean, it's what, it's five-and-a-half-hour trip? Yeah, I mean, they're, the returners are going to be used to it, but they do have a lot of guys that are more, I mean, they, they recruited Juco for a few positions that are definitely, they were instant impact kind of guys. And for them, it's probably going to be a little bit new. But, uh, you know, this was a pretty young team last year, and a lot of those guys make up the two deep this season, and they should be pretty used to it. Um, before I let you and run, they did go to, to army last year. So <laughs> that's a long, that's a long trip. Um, a local kid down from union, uh, down at union down in uh, the Vancouver area. Um, Lincoln Victor, I believe he's going to redshirt. He was one of the most dynamic uh, players in the state last year. I, it looks like he's redshirting. Have you heard much about Lincoln Victor yet? Oh, very excited about him. I got to cover him in the recruiting process when it started to become clear that Hawaii might have a shot at him. And I know Brendan Huffman's been talking him up a lot. That's He was, uh, ratings-wise, the best recruit of Hawaii's class. And uh, a lot of excitement around him, especially in this offense where they're going to throw the ball a lot. He's coming in as a receiver, and he does have a quarterback background. So uh, he's very you know, knowledgeable of the offense and how to adjust on the fly and those kinds of things. Um, I believe he's suited up for the first game. They may try to utilize that four-game redshirt rule with him, but... There's just uh, so many receivers and a lot of veterans and returners. It may not make sense to uh, to use him and burn that year. But he did have a really good fall camp, and they're very excited about him in the near future. It'll be interesting to see if coming back home, you know, close to home with all of his family and relatives being here, see if he gets a chance to see the field. My money's on. He gets in for some snaps. 
Yeah, I mean, as long as he's on the travel team and they're ready to, to utilize him, I wouldn't be surprised at all. And talking about Rolovich, he's the kind of guy that's not oblivious to those things and will try to work those kinds of things in to generate some buzz if uh, the opportunity presents itself. Final thoughts on the Hawaii game coming up again, 4.30 kickoff at Husky Stadium. Yeah, I'm just interested to see how Hawaii reacts because I've been impressed by the first two games. I know they've given up a lot of points and they've had to squeak out some wins against teams that aren't the class of the Pac-12 by any means, but those are two big wins for the Hawaii program. They, I mean, the team, to me, looks a lot better, a lot more well-rounded than it was last year. The defense was a lot, such a liability that they would not have won those two games last season. So they've definitely taken a step forward in my mind. Um, I think that Washington is a lot more of a complete team, just the kind of recipe that it takes to beat the Rainbow Warriors. You've got to have a defense that's strong enough to slow this Hawaii offense down and an offense that's at least talented enough to take advantage of Hawaii's defense. And I think the Huskies have that. Um, I think Washington, or I think Hawaii can make it at least closer than the 21-point spread uh, is uh, insisting right now. But this is, game is a kind of a measuring stick for me to see where Hawaii is going into the Mountain West play. If this is a game that they can make pretty competitive, then I, I really like UH's odds going into the West Division. That is uh, not the strongest. Um, it's basically them, Fresno State and San Diego State. And this game should be pretty telling as to where they stand. Jackson Moore, thanks for jumping on. Thank you very much for having me.